I'm not gonna be afraid Cause these waves are only waves I'm not gonna be afraid No, I'm not gonna be afraid And I'm not gonna fear the storm You are greater than it's a roar Oh, I'm not gonna fear the storm No, I'm not gonna fear it all Well, hello and welcome to Remember God Loves You. And I'll meet you at the finish line. I hope you guys are having an awesome day because I know I am. You know, there, there's things in our world. Oh, I should say, today is a day that the Lord hath made. And we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. You know, before we, we start off, I want to open up with a... A, um, with this devotional, I think it's. I think we're going to try to finish it the rest of the year. Start this devotional, and we think. <clears throat> well, I personally would like to share you what the thoughts are. And I think it's going to be good that um, we kind of read about it. And if you ever know about uh, Blackberry, they do a day by day devotional, and they are a phenomenal devotions. And I feel like that we need to start, well, I would personally love to open up with it and um, and see what it has to offer because it offers great inputs in my life and I think it would do the same thing for you guys. So in today's reading, it is November 13th, uh, 2023, and they're in 1 Thessalonians 4.13. We do not want... To be unified, brothers, concerning those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve like the rest. We who have no hope. First Thessalonians 4.13 So Christians do not grieve as the world grieves. The world experiences sorrow without hope. The Christian also has sorrow, but the Christian sorrow is accompanied by hope. In Jesus, in Jesus's day, a funeral was a time for an impassioned demonstration of grief. It was a sign of respect for the deceased to wail loudly at a funeral. A person grieving the loss of a loved one has no power to change what has happened. There is probably no time in human experience when people feel more hopeless, more helpless or vulnerable than at a funeral. Jesus, too, wept at the funeral of a close friend, but his sorrow did not come from a lack of hope. Jesus uh, knew that soon Lazarus would be alive again. He also knew uh, that he would, that his second coming. <clears throat> Lazarus and all of Jesus' followers in heaven or would be resurrected from the death to spend eternity with him in heaven. Jesus wept because he saw the hopelessness felt by the people he loved. His friends had the resurrection and the life right in their midst, yet they were grieving. When Jesus, conquered, when Jesus conquered death, 
He forever changed the way Christians view death. Christians still experience the sorrow of losing someone we love. But we have hope because we know that God can bring good out of any situation. We have hope in the knowledge that nothing, not even death, can separate us from God's love. We have hope because Jesus will bring us to join him in heaven so that we might enjoy eternity in an unhindered fellowship with him. Even though you are a Christian, you cannot escape life's sorrow. But you can temper your grief with the hope that Christ is risen. He is yours. He is your hope and your comfort. Amen. And amen. And I think it's important that we also take a look at our hearts. You know, with the passing of a loved one and, you know, when loved one in your life passes, don't think of it as disparity. Don't think of it as sadness. You know, you look at the world around you. Before we start in our main study today or in Proverbs 31, 31, we have to overall look at our hearts and whether if our hearts are in the right place. You know, when my grandma passed away, I cried and cried and cried. Now that was respectable because I never knew, number one, I never knew there was a God back then. I did, but I didn't know what it was like to have a relationship with him. And so I was hopeless at that situation. But as time continued and as I matured and grew closer to him, I found out that there was hope. So when my grandpa got diagnosed with cancer, I found out there was hope in him and that grandpa would, my grandpa would win, uh, defeat the battle and win against cancer. And he did. And that winning against the battle ended up him crossing the finish line and ended up spending time in heaven eternity with his wife and his son. How awesome is that? So my whole depiction, and I want to tell you, you know, this kind of correlates it. If you don't think there's a God out there, there is. Megan Rapero, who's a soccer player. Okay, I don't feel bad for her. Number one, because she blasphemed God and she used a cuss word. Well, how dare you? Really, how dare you mock God? And what gives you the audacity to mock him? I mean, do you, I mean, are you not allowed to comprehend what what goes through her mind? She clearly doesn't need God. She clearly has denied God. But you know, the cool thing is, is that we have an awesome God that's going to provide, it's going to be here along the way. But one day, just like every single one of us, we will all pass away. We will all face judgment. And I don't want to be in that great white throne judgment. I don't want to be in that throne judgment when God says, what have you done? Now, she can give. I mean, she is pretty wealthy. She has, you know, she's fought for causes. You can fight for all the causes you want. You can truly do till the cows come home. But at the end of the day, are you glorifying God? And if so, how have you glorified in his kingdom? Did you accept him as your Lord and Savior? And how have you 
spread the good news. And I would say, according to her actions, now anything can happen, you know, once anything can happen. But I think it was rightly so when you deny God and that you have a season career ending injury. But with this in mind, I think I battered on people that don't know who God is. And my heart does truly go out to anyone that doesn't know who God is. I just can't imagine what it's like to live a godless life. I mean, people's lives got to be despair and it's just got to be so, um, I just, I can't think about it. But in Proverbs 31 today, though, um, we're going to take a read at the words of King Lamel's mother. We're going to be taking a look at that. And so, but before that, each day that we're going to, from the, today and going forward, we're going to start off with a Blackaberry or Blackaberry or uh, devotional instead of an opening prayer. But we're going to always end with a prayer. And I think that's, I know by you, but that's very respectable. And again, I'd like to thank my mom for giving me this devotional because it has connotation it has relevance relevancy in our own personal walk with god but in but in proverbs 31 we start off saying the words of king lamel the utterness which his mother taught him what my son and what my son of my womb and what my son of vows do not give your uh, your strength to women nor your ways at that which destroys kings is it not for kings Olamel? is it not for kings to drink wine nor the princes uh intoxicating drink lest they drink and forget the law <clears throat> and prevent and pervert the justice of all they afflicted give strong drink to him who is perishing and the wine to those who are bitter of heart let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more open your mouth for the speechless in the cause of all who are appointed to die open your mouth judge righteously and plead the cause of the poor and needy. In verse 10, uh, Proverbs 31, 10, who can find a virtuous wife? Now, this is finding the virtuous wife uh, in, in 10 and I think 10 through the end, 10 through the end. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it, yet, while it is night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservant. She considers a field and buys it. 
and her prophets she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strength, her arms. She perseveres that her merchandise is good, and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the uh, staff, and her hands holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor, yet she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates. When he sits among the elders of the land, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies ashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall, she shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household. She does not eat of the she does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in her gates, in the gates. Amen. Amen. And there's another, <clears throat> another verse that I kind of want to just brush on, and that is um, Eskizilastis. Yeah, I don't, I can't really say that word, but it's Eskizilastis, um, and this is one of the harder <laughs> challenges uh, verses. And I'm going to start off in verse 14 and read through the end because it's, you know, you can't just start at verse 15. You have to see the verse behind it. But there is a vanity which occurs on earth and that there are just men to whom it, whom it, whom it, well, happens according to the work of the wicked. Again, there are wicked men to whom it happens according to the work of the righteous. I said that this also is uh, vanity. So I commanded enjoyment because a man has nothing better under the sun than to drink or than to eat, drink, and be merry. For this will remain with him in his labor all the days of his life, which God gives him under the sun. When I applied my, when I applied my heart to know wisdom and to see the business that is done on earth, even though one sees no sleep day or night. Then I saw all the work of God, that a man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun. For through a man labors to discover, yet he will not find it. Moreover, though a wise man attempts to know it, he will not be able to find it. Now, Here's the thing that I don't understand. Well, here's a big picture of it. Now, you're probably wondering, okay, Sasson, how is this relevant in my life? 
Well, there is hope, like we began with, uh, with a back or blackberry or blackaby. The weather is hope, but there is laughter as well. In all seriousness of our lives, there is laughter. And I'm gonna. There, I love. I absolutely love Mark Twain. And a quote that he states is that the human race has one really effective weapon, and that is laughter. Have you noticed that? In your life, have you noticed that no matter what happens, no matter the seriousness, no matter the the dire of uh, the room, somebody either uh, cracks a joke and then they laugh. You know, it's interesting because I'm more of a person that when I get in um, in a situation. When I sometimes am a little bit nervous, I tend to poly grin. And next thing you know, I uh, I absolutely love when I do that because the whole room goes into a laughter. The whole room goes in and just um, and just it's a great time. I even up at camp this past summer, my goal was to try to put faces on people, so I try to pull out good old good old dad jokes. Now that lasted about a couple minutes, and that lasted a couple days, and then it, and then it just got burnt. It got burnt out for me. People were not very. I mean, I tried my best, but I looked up what Mayo Clinic had to say, and here's what Mayo Clinic had to say about laughter. Laughter will improve your immune system. I did you know that? I bet I'm sure you did not. Negative thoughts manifest into chemical reactions that can affect your body by bringing more stress into your system and decreasing your immunity. In contrast, positive thoughts can actually release uh, neuropeptides that help fight the stress and potentially more serious illnesses. Did you know that? No one, no wonder why it must be those dad jokes that kept me healthy all the summer because clearly I, you know, or it must be actually my great relationship I have with my brothers and sisters in Christ that kept uh, me laughing all the, all along because I felt better and no wonder why I wasn't so sick because I, you know, I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I was happy. So, and laughter can relieve pain. Laughter may ease pain by causing the body to produce its own natural painkillers. That's another fun fact. And laughter can increase personal satisfaction. Laughter can also make it easier to cope with difficult situations. It also helps you to connect with other people easier, hence with those sand jokes. And it's also important that you find people in your life that can pull those kind of jokes, number one. That can sit through a painstakingly uh, joke. To me, it was more dad jokes. And the funny part is I'm not even... I am not even a dad. Or to find a friend that's not going to be afraid to, you know, be there for you when you have your ups and downs. But at the same time, when he reads or when he or she reads those ups and downs, they can cause a little smile on your face and then they can bring up a funny memory. And then therefore you guys are all better. And then you forget what you are mad about. And last but not least, laughter will improve your mood. That's the big picture of it all. Many people experience depression, sometimes due to chronic illness. Laughter can help you lessen your depression and anxiety. 
and make you feel even happier. That is from Mayo Clinic. How awesome is that? No wonder why, you know, no wonder why people are like uh, so serious. I've never met so many serious people. You go to the airport and you bring one person that has a, they're so serious. It's like, I'm better off going, there's more uh, excitement at a funeral let's, uh, rather than an airport. You know, so if you're flying this coming weekend, or if you're traveling at all this weekend, going home or doing something adventurous, and, and Thanksgiving is literally less than two weeks away. If you have a Thanksgiving table, and that is sometimes a serious table, it depends whatever, how the mood is, try maybe pulling out a joke. And that includes you looking up jokes online and try to memorize it, or maybe sit down with your own jokes. Because it's that joke that might put somebody's smile on their face. That joke that might have somebody laughing. And that's why I also encourage you to even pray to God as well. Because God can bring laughter into you as well. God can bless you with a humble heart. And God can put a smile on your face. For instance, when I was when I was in the hospital or, you know, back in 2019 and <clears throat> when I was fighting for my life, I couldn't help it. My, I couldn't help myself, but, but put a smile on my face because I was so blessed for what God has given me. And instead of being sad and down, I put a smile and it's that smile that changed. It gave me a, a, a small sense of hope and you never know. A smile can also change somebody's life. What I mean by that is if somebody is going through a troubling time in their life and they go to work and you can see that and you can sense that by you smiling at them and say, I hope you have an awesome day. You are there for impacting their life because you never know what their life is looking like. And you might change. They might be, you might be the only person that they talk to, they, they look for to get hope. And how awesome is that? So their smile does cure depression. With this in mind, we're going to end it with a word of prayer. Dear Holy Father, I thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. I thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, Lord. May you guide us and protect us as we continue on the day that you have set before us. I pray that we have friends that can bring laughter into our face or bring laughter into us. As laughter may cure us of anything that's going on in our lives or help us. And Lord, I just pray that you can just allow us to remember what you have done, good things in our lives, and put a smile on our face. Because we know that when we put when we have a smile on our face, we're blessed that you have given us life. We're blessed that you have protected us, Lord. May you guide us and protect us, Lord, as we continue on the path that you have set before us. So that when you cross that finish line, Lord, we can run into your arms and we can hear you say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, with this in mind, guys, I hope you have a blessed day. And remember, God loves you. And I'll meet you at the finish line. Bye. The sparrow's not worried about tomorrow or the troubles to come. Lily's not thinking about the seasons, the drought or the flood. The tree that's planted by the water isn't phased by the fire. So why should I?
Cause you take good care of me You take good care of me